Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, Mazodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Well, Colin, we were supposed to host a Mazodcast last week, and we didn't do it because of, of my failings, I guess, as a podcaster and as a human being in general. You have many failings, Brennan. Far too many to get to all of them now. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'm almost glad that we... Uh, didn't have a show because some stuff has happened in the past week and it gives us a little bit more time to talk about um and and some knowledge about what this 2021 and 2022 football team are going to look like because uh, the last couple of weeks had been a lot of talk about how we relied at defensive back and a couple of big moves have happened or drink has has uh, made in the time that we've been off and uh you know as recently as oh, I think Friday um, when Missouri landed cornerback, uh, Caleb Evans is a Tulsa, Tulsa transfer that had been the talk of Mizzou football circles for a while since Mizzou and uh, Drinkwitz had hired away his coach at Tulsa. Um, the fact that there were three um, Tulsa players that were in the transfer pool had made Missouri feel like that they had a chance to um, to land at least one of them and that it was a big deal in doing so because uh, that was our weakest position. Also because he had um, had offers as recently as this week from Georgia and then Notre Dame, Texas, and Texas Tech. So he And Jackson State, uh, which should be considered since Deion Sanders is there. And so the fact that we were able to pull off the um, the recruiting coup uh, was a big deal. Aaron Fletcher, um, you know, he was the position coach there at Tulsa and is, is taken over again at the secondary here at Mizzou. So um, he was obviously crucial in getting that done. Um Another of the Tulsa teammates, Allie Green the fourth, he received a scholarship offer from Mizzou and said he was going to actually um, announce 
where he was going to transfer to on Sunday, but he didn't do it. As uh, so, turns out, uh, kids on Twitter are not always reliable. But another good Weird. corner out of Tulsa that could still help us. He's he doesn't have the high ranking um, offers that Evans did, so there's a good chance that we could land a second Tulsa transfer and really shore up um, shore up that secondary. So. You know, that was the one ding on Drinkwitz's record as far as I was concerned is that he was losing a few people at the same position um, to the transfer portal, but he's quickly um, fixing that, it looks like. His recruiting class now, I think, is ranked number eight in the SEC, which is, you know, and of course, there's a lot of time for that to change, but that's about as high as I've ever seen us. Oh, we yeah. We usually um, rank somewhere near the very end, if not at the end. Um, thank God for Vanderbilt, or we would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I mean, that, that looking at the 2022 class, he's picking up people now. Um, and another cornerback with like Marcus Scott, the second was a four-star prospect according to Rivals that had been flipped from LSU. I think that's the one of the yeah, that's stories. Nice. That is, is the, nice. That doesn't happen a lot, and you talk about um, those recruiting rankings and climbing them to points that Mizzou fans are not accustomed to seeing. I mean, I think the last I saw was number 15 in the country. Where did you say we were in the SEC? Uh, eighth is the last time I saw it. Look. Yeah. Yeah, and which tells you two things: one, the SEC is crazy good at recruiting, and and two, that we're um, the fact that we're even in near the middle of yeah. the pack means we're going to means there's seven the- SEC schools <laughs> in the top fifteen, other than us. That's right. Anyway, Scott is uh, from Conroe, Texas. It's just a little bit north of Houston, and he was one of the top cornerbacks in the country and uh, it would be interesting to know why he picked Mizzou after having pledged to LSU, but. What what had been a weakness in the secondary and the cornerback position in particular now seems like it's turning into a strength, at least going into next year. I mean, Drankwitz uh, has got the uh, softest hands in the biz. <laughs> I mean, look, in-person recruiting period fired up last week, too. It looks like Drinkwitz had wasted no time in turning that um, in-person recruiting period and the dropping of some of those COVID restrictions into pay dirt. I hadn't even mentioned the fact that we had another transfer in Connor Wood, who's the Montana State offensive lineman, I believe. I think he's offensive tackle. You know, that is another one that can help us right away, not for 2022, but this season. So, and it's obviously, you know, Basilak is turning into a very valued player and uh, shoring up the offensive line is well, obviously helpful. That I saw the... Uh... I don't know if you saw the sprint, but the I think it was Saturday Down South had ranked SEC quarterbacks, and they had, as you would expect, Basilak right there down at the bottom. <laughs> and I just thought, man, I uh, is our boy Adam Spencer never talked to the other guys at uh, Saturday Down South, or uh... well. You know, even when the SEC is loaded, Mizzou quarterbacks are often overlooked. And keep in mind, Bazelak was a um, redshirt freshman last year. And I do think, like, sometimes your sophomore campaign, especially for people for teams like Mizzou, is when a t- uh, player is going to get discovered. I mean, obviously, if you're the you know starting quarterback at Alabama, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior. People are going to be talking about you. But, you know, I think people in the know in college football or in the SEC in particular know who Bazelak is. They may not respect him to the point that we feel like he deserves, but uh, but well, he's Brennan, a known commodity at this point. I know this is going to shock you because it is shocking to me, but Chris Doring thinks yeah. Florida's going to be really good and that everybody's sleeping <laughs> on Florida. I know that's going to well, be hard to believe from Chris Doring. <laughs> well, Chris is always good and comes on the show, so – 
Uh, no, I appreciate, I love Chris. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, <laughs> you no, know, I, the, the news would be if Chris Doring didn't think Florida was going to be good. No, that's right. And, uh, Chris Doring is, and I almost respect it in a way that, you know, some of those guys try to run from their alma mater. I feel like they don't mm-hmm. want to be pegged with the idea that they might be a homer, but like, yeah. who cares? What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Like nobody yeah. expects you. Well, nobody's going to know more. You're not never going to, there's no team you're going to know more about that. Yeah, that's right. And so what you have allegiance to the school that you played for and got a degree from like big fucking deal. You know what I mean? You're, you're not, uh, Edward R. Murrow, you can have a little fate, it, you know, allegiance for your football team. So, and, and, and on top of that, Florida will be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, no, he's not they're, wrong. It's a, it's so, a, it's an easy, it's an easy thing to predict. Um, <laughs> you know, and I like say as far as those talking heads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Though I like him. You know what I mean? I like Chris Doring, and he's always been good to the show, and he just, I like him because I can watch him on television and I don't think he sucks, which is not something I can say about a lot of those guys. Like, you know, that Marcus Spears, where the hell his name is. I mean, like that guy sucks, you know what I mean? But they just keep, they just keep giving him airtime on ESPN. Oh God, I can't, there's a million people like that. Like I used to watch the NFL network religiously mm-hmm. and they used to have a, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson on all the time. And maybe they still do. You talk about a guy that was like, how many touchdowns does a guy have to score before we're going to overlook how bad he is at this? <laughs> yeah. There's one thing I've noticed is that somebody being good at football does not necessarily mean that they're going to be good at talking about football. No, that's for sure. I remember, it's apropos of nothing, but I was talking about the NFL Network. I remember that uh, NFL Network, when it first started, I was at my Zenith of football uh, fandom. And they had a fucking guy on named Jamie Dukes. And apparently he spent 15 minutes and a cup of coffee with the fucking Atlanta Falcons. And mm-hmm. I remember they tried to make him a star. Like they had him on all the time. They gave him his own show. He was terrible. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what? how does this? And now you, I haven't seen him in 20 or 20 years. I haven't seen him in 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, but what do I know? I mean, apparently there are people out there like Stephen A. Smith. And uh, yeah. so. I think people like Stephen A. Smith's brain are broken, but um, maybe I'm the one with a broken brain. I don't know. I mean, I decided that I don't follow sports in the way that the typical fan does, I feel like, at least. I, I don't know. I just don't – I don't need to watch sports in the middle of the day like people who watch news watch CNN or Fox News and just like watch these shows where people just sit around a desk and yell at each other. Like that's the <laughs> – None of that has an a, appeal to me when it, in regards to sports. And I, you know, I've said this before. The recruiting stuff doesn't even really trip my trigger. I know some people are like, pay subscriptions just to hear inside dope on the recruiting. Well, that's I like, if you it. ever go to like Reddit or someplace like that, and these, these people are these fan fiction, that people are writing their own fan fiction or making predictions about upcoming seasons of television shows. I'm like, why the fuck would I care what some stranger thinks is going to happen in a television show that's not going to come out for eight more months? But then again, then you look at the group and there's like, there's 750,000 people in that Reddit group and they're all just pretending to have a clue. And I'm like, this is just not for me. And I, 
That's sort of the way I am for sports. Like, I don't care what these guys, you know, they're talking about it. Uh, I guess that's what we do. But, um, <laughs> you know, they're talking about making their predictions all week for the NBA playoffs. And I'm just like, I could care less what these assholes think. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I get it, though. The recruiting thing, like if, if people want to follow recruiting, that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just it's never got me real excited. Like, I like watch the actual playing of the sports. You know what I mean? Like, I do go dormant on stuff whenever it's not. Football's the only thing that I could talk about year-round. You know what I mean? Like, basketball, I mean, it's going to be pretty tough for me to talk about basketball in the next couple months, July and August. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... Most be honest, going to be hard to talk about football for the next two months, but... <laughs> yeah, well, but, it, but at least I have the desire to do it. And yeah. when football season comes around and they're playing, that's when I'm enjoying football. You know what I mean? All the jerking each other off about it. I mean, it's only going to get you so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're going to do a weekly show jerking each other off. Well, about it. yeah, they ain't no kidding. But, yeah, those shows are always, they have a host and they have a bunch mm-hmm. of old former, you know, athletes. And basically the host yeah. is just the pivot man in a circle jerk. Um, you know, keeping, <laughs> yes, keeping, right. the, keeping the train on the tracks. But uh, <laughs> making sure everybody finishes roughly about the same time. <laughs> well, if he's doing his job right. <laughs> yeah, you know how to pivot. Yeah, you know Charles Barkley is you know kind of like uh, unquestionably one of the best at doing that, just because he'll say anything. He's mildly amusing, and uh, uh, he's on TNT uh, NBA coverage and stuff. But you know he's got to be entertaining to people because he can barely form sentences. I mean, he's got like, you know, they always make jokes about him saying terrible. But I'm telling you what, terrible isn't the only word he says terribly. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, you can't be this bad at English and get this job unless you're pretty entertaining. And he is. I mean, he has been. <laughs> he's made me laugh. I don't want to watch a lot of Charles Barkley, though. You know what I mean? Well, I, I, uh, if you ever uh, – I enjoy the Shaq and Barkley dynamic. I – I, I've I've just been watching a little bit of NBA basketball lately and watching the, the pre and post game shows. They kind of go after each other, and I enjoy it. Well, I did see like Shaq almost walked off the um, set one point because he thought what Charles had said was so stupid. <laughs> well, he's not the first person to leave a room because Charles Barkley has said something so enormously <laughs> stupid. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh, oh, Colin, I wanted to ask you about something that is related to, but not just Mizzou, but all college football. Uh, there was a story that came out, I think, uh, last Thursday that a subgroup of the college football playoff management committee had proposed a new 12 team playoff model, not for this year, not for next year, but down the road. And mm-hmm. I was curious what you thought about that. I think we've talked about it a little, a long time ago because there had been expansion talks way back when they started the college football playoff. But I'm curious what you think about a 12-team model because it's different than what people have thrown out there in the past. Well, it only makes sense. The NFL has laid the groundwork for it. You know what I mean? Like every playoff system has laid the groundwork for it. I mean, really, if you think about, you know, college baseball, college basketball, the only thing that doesn't make sense in the playoff scheme is college football. For years, we had the BCS. What in the world? Who came up with this idea? And then they uh, go to the uh, four-team playoff system, and you're like, okay, this is good, but we need to expand this. And what it really boils down to is there's a bunch of crusty old white guys with tons and tons of money uh, who don't want to break up their little bowl monopolies. But I'm just like, 
You dumbasses, like there's so much more money to be made if you will turn this into a proper playoff setting. Is 12 games the sort of model that you would prefer, or would it have been eight? Uh, well, I guess it'd be, what, it'd be six games, right? Well, I'm teams. talking about teams, not games. So, uh, well, I, the way- I'm fine with that. I mean, my, my model was always basically you, you give all the major conferences, a uh, the number one team from that conference gets a spot, and then you have like a four at-large bids, or you know what I mean, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, let me tell you how this works out, and just tell me, uh, you can jump in at any time if there's something that uh, strikes you about it. Like I said, it, it would be a 12-team playoff system. The four highest-ranked conference champions would be seeded one through four, and then each would receive a first-round bye, while the teams that were seeded five through 12 would each then have to play each other in the first round. And home field would go to the higher ranked team. So teams five, ranked five through twelve, or it's the NFL five model. would play. Five would host twelve, six would host eleven, so yeah, on and it's so the forth. The NFL model, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so under this system, the quarterfinals and the semifinals would be played at bowl games. That would be your bowl game. So the bowls could still make their money. Uh, they'd be hosting semifinal and quarterfinal rounds, and then the championship game would be hosted at a neutral site. Well, I think they could, I mean, t- to my mind, you just make all of these games a bowl game and you just save, save like the January one sort of mm-hmm. bowls for those, those big games, you know, the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, those sorts yeah. of things are saved for the later rounds of the playoffs, but you could still have the Garmin yeah. GPS bowl or whatever, you know what I mean? Like for the, <laughs> the first butt round. Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Which I, Brendan, they got rid of that bowl, unfortunately, but <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. Cancel culture. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the one thing I wanted to point out about this is that since we had had the four-team playoff system, it essentially had locked out the teams like Boise State that had good records but did not play in a Power 5 conference. This new system, which will take the like the one through four seeds from the highest-ranked conference champion, does not require it to be a Power 5 conference yeah. champion. It's just the highest-ranked conference champions. Well, and then um, – So, would so theoretically, a, a Boise State could get in if they led their conference well, and, and were highly ranked. Well, it so much easier for uh, uh, the guys who choose this stuff not to have to do some weird gymnastics to make sure Ohio State and Notre Dame get in despite not <laughs> deserving it. You know, like, right. that would make it much easier. <laughs> That's right. Now, so there would be still a selection committee which would – select basically i think the five through 12 teams but well, i like this 12, because teams like central florida can't claim they won a national championship you know because theoretically they're going to get in and get their get throttled to death by alabama You're like who's the champion now you motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I think that's why this is this is done. This is, yeah. this is I wish this about. was a visual podcast. I just draw a picture of that right now for you guys, just so you yeah. can really visualize it the way I can see it in my mind. I think we got plenty good enough picture. <laughs> okay, well, it's not going to be nearly as controversial when you've got a committee picking. You know, like who's number six in the country through number twelve, as opposed to like well, cutting it off be- at four. There'll always be those bubble teams sort of that miss the back end of that playoff structure, but it's going to be a lot easier. It's, you know, it's, you're never going to have a team. Well, take a Missouri and uh, Kansas, for instance. You know, when uh, Kansas got to go to the Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That was a bunch of unadulterated horseshit. But yes, it was. It still wouldn't have mattered if you had a 12 team playoff system. Mizzou, if, if say this model had been in place for the last 20 years, Mizzou would have made this new playoff um, bracket in 2007, 2010, and in 2013. So, you know, it would make a team like Mizzou 
actually eligible to be in the hunt, you know? Yeah, they'd be the, the, the equivalent of be- making the big dance. That's right. And it would be a big dance. And I don't know what the apprehension to do it in the past has been, to be quite honest. Like, I mean, it's always, like you said, it's always made the most sense to have a playoff of some sort. Years ago, Colin gave me his book, uh, Death to the BCS, because it was in the midst of when it, where they had created the BCS. And it was a nightmare from the word go. I, I mean, it just always seemed like, why don't they just have a playoff? Why don't playoff system why don't they make the playoff games the big bowls like how is that going to cheat anybody out of money and won't everybody be happy and they made up bullshit reasons like oh it's it's taking them away from their studies too many weeks. oh it's more shit it's all money and it's because there's a handful of guys there's a handful of guys who basically have the rights to these bowls and they're just so like you're maybe you're right maybe we'll make more money but we're making a shitload right now this way so fuck everybody else (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. But I'm just saying that like, there were a lot of people out there, you know, that in Twitter land who were against ever changing it, making it a oh, playoff system. Any, any and, change is bad to some Well, that's people. when it, there's always a group of no change nicks. You know what I mean? Those are the people who thought getting rid of Kim Anderson was a bad idea. You know, that these are people who are utterly irrational. And uh, it, given five years, often you'll look back and be like, oh, I'm not ever going to let anybody know i argued for this position you know because they're mm-hmm. so stupid but they can't that it takes five years before they can even realize that they were advocating for terrible 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 ideas like keeping cam anderson well you know i i they i don't know if you saw this on twitter some some guy wrote some article about how you know arkansas makes so much more sense for the uh, big 12 mm-hmm. over the sec and uh people are sitting there making their arguments for or against arkansas going to the big 12 and inevitably there is a a bunch of people in there mizzou fans being like yeah take mizzou with us we want to go back to the big 12 we love the big you know back in our heyday back in the good old days back and like what the f- what are you talking about like has the sec been bad to us you know what i mean like we're con- i don't i just this 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 yearning to go back to the big 12 and when i tell you when i basically the answer i when i tweeted about that i'm like you're talking about a conference that is Got, you know, Texas has got it by the fucking nose. The leadership of the Big 12 has been comically inept since it's since basically for the past nearly two decades. Does anybody remember the name Dan Beebe? And then not only that, like when their their contract is up in the 20, in like 2025, their television contract, and they're going to start ne- renegotiating by 2023. And like when I say that the, uh, that conference could shatter if they don't get you know the TV money sorted out. I mean it, like the, the, especially. I mean, maybe not so much now. I'm not really sure. I'm not steeped in the Big Twelve the way I once was. But I mean, there was a time the Big Twelve was being held together by spit and glue and dollar bills, and, uh, and they, they couldn't break a television mean, contract. So that's what only thing that was keeping them together. They were on the verge of total collapse. I mean, they they were fortunate to be able to land TCU and West Virginia to even. I mean, they went from twelve teams to eight. You know, they were, they were, and on the verge of losing more, you know, Oklahoma mm-hmm. was shopping around. So, and you're right. They were virtually on the edge of collapse and in 2021 and they still don't have a big 12 network yet. yet am I right? I mean, the fucking yeah. Longhorn network was what they I had know. to offer. And you think any team's going to want to stick around when your offer is the Longhorn network. And there's still big 12 people from around that conference who blame Mizzou for the conference shakeup. Like we were the catalyst. Fuck. We were waiting in the wings. We thought the Big 12 was going to hand us an offer. Or, I mean, the Big mm. 10, you know. That, yeah. And the, our governor at the time just he sort of talked about it. But, shit, Mizzou wasn't the catalyst for this. It all started in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. My point of the, the whole thing is, is, like, no one should be looking forward to joining the Big 12 until the Big 12 
decides that it's going to be a conference is going to be around for five more years. You know, and I just, I would rather, I would rather hope and pray that Coach Drinkowitz turns us into a competitive team for the SEC than to go back to the Big 12 with my tail between my legs, hoping that the level of play is worse. And so my team has a more competitive chance. Like, why don't we just yeah. get good enough for the SEC instead of being like, you know what, let's go back and just kick Kansas and on Iowa State around some more. <laughs> I did like kicking Kansas around. I did too, and th- but there's no reason we can't kick Kansas around and stay in the SEC. That's true. That's true. That's uh, hopefully coming down the pike. I mean, you're, we're happy. in the preeminent conference in the country, and people are like, take us back to the Big 12. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I hope that's a small but vocal audience. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, you know it's, I mean? it's like somebody being like, I got this super sweet job at Google, but man, do I want to go back to fucking Radio Shack. <laughs> Boy, I missed my job at Radio Shack. AskJeeves.com. You know they're still around. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. What are you talking about? But that is that, that mindset is purely built of some sort of nostalgia. I'm guessing that all of those guys that are making that argument were probably – doing their four years at Mizzou during those days. Mm-hmm. And so they think that by going back to this Big 12, there's some way going to recapture that. You're not going to recapture that. You know, you're going to, you got to go capture that in the SEC. You're not going to recapture that. You're not going to, your hair's not going to grow back. Your wife is not going to start finding you desirable or respect you. It's all over, buddy. <laughs> so just enjoy the SEC. That's right. And there's a lot to enjoy in the SEC. I mean, yeah. I've told my wife on a number of occasions, she, we've been flipping through and she likes gymnastics. She watched a few like SEC gymnastics meets. And I was like, you know, these girls would never have a chance to be on national television if not for the SEC network, you know, or, you know, even like ha- any baseball game you want to watch, you can watch it, you know, or there's so many yeah, those sports. Yeah. The sports that, you know, okay. Basketball, football, they're going to find themselves on TV, but those other sports, those other athletes who work their ass off and are pretty good and impressive. If you watch almost any of it, even if you're not into it, they are on national television now because of the sec and the sec network. And guess what? That wouldn't be the case if they were in the big, Oh, Brennan, you like, know what I mean? Maybe the, maybe the Longhorn Network would take mercy on Mizzou. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can sure bet that's going to happen. Colin, my feeling about it is I'm, it's long, long overdue, and I'm pretty happy with the 12-team format. You know, I, I like the, given the um, first four teams a bye week and off week to get to the second round. I think that makes it worth winning your conference. So it gives the conference championship some meaning. Because that's a problem that a lot of people have had in the college football world is, you know, Mizzou's been basically punished for uh, being in the conference championship. Well, uh, anyway, so I like that. It makes it have some meaning. Throw this to the uh, to the crowd here. What do you guys what do you guys think, uh, Connor, Jim and what do you what your 12 team playoff? We for or against it? Uh, I'm 100 percent for it because I've always said that, you know, Alabama is going to win no matter what. But I'd rather see Alabama kick the shit out of Cincinnati or Coastal than fucking Notre Dame. But the I feel like 12 might be a little high. Personally, how I would do it is I would have the five group of five uh, conference champions and then I'd have one or uh, I'm sorry, five power five conference champions and then one or uh, the highest group of five conference champion. Uh, so last year would have been Cincinnati. And then I'd have two at-large teams, which would be your, like, uh, Georgia's or whoever's, like, really hot but didn't win their conference. So it's just basically, like, a tournament of champions. Well, I think anything is better than than, than four. 
And I'm happy oh, to have yeah, more compared to. I'll be honest. I'd go the other direction, Connor. I'd be happy with 16. You know, I'd be happy with as many teams in the tournament, much like they do in basketball, as reasonably as possible, knowing that they can only play one game every week and you can't extend the season too long. But 16 wouldn't actually add any time to the to the schedule because you're already playing a first round with those, um, you know, those lower seeded teams just to get into the second round. But, you know, I, I think the more people that you can keep interested and in, in the hunt, Baseball learned this whenever they had the wild card, and then they expanded the wild card again because it was so successful. People are interested longer from different fan bases, and I think that only helps college football ultimately. Well, fuck it. Why not extend it all the way to the point where the national championship is the day before the Super Bowl? Like you've got <laughs> well, I plenty mean, of time to do it. Yeah, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I'm sure we could work out the logistics. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think – Extending it by a couple of weeks is no big deal. And there are, I mean, if they cut the dead period between the last game around Thanksgiving and when the bowls actually started, there's plenty of room to work with. So it, so it didn't dip into <laughs> Super Bowl time. Well, and I think that's a, stu- I mean, like, you know, they have these huge gaps between the end of the college football season and uh, the bowl games. I, I don't think there's really much need for that. I think one week is fine and everybody gets a week off. I think everybody's at their prime. Like That's that what I'm saying. Like, if I was a coach, I'd be like, I don't give me a month. I'll take, yeah. the, I'll take the week to get healthy, and then we're going to go after it. I think as Mizzou fans, we've certainly seen our team make a bowl game, get to the bowl game, and be ice-fucking-cold and clearly not have spoken about football in the time that they've been off since their last game before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and play like a completely different football team because of that schedule anomaly. And, uh, yeah, I, I would certainly, as a football fan, I'd rather see it. I'd not have a month off. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like coaches would feel that way. I mean, I think coaches want time to prepare and they want time to get healthy. But they, but I know I think there's certainly a concern that your team will go cold. I mean, that's something they talk about when these teams get a buy. Like it's nice to get healthy, but sometimes they worry that their teams are not going to be sharp. And we're not talking about a a one week buy like the NFL does. We're talking about sometimes a month, five weeks between games. That's a long yeah. time to have those kids sitting around doing nothing but practicing. And, you know, I don't, it's, it's practice isn't going to keep you sharp like the game is. Well, and, and, you know, there's the holiday break and stuff. The people are just, their heads are in other places. And I don't know. And I, another thing I, I do wonder about with the uh, expanded playoff and Connor or anybody else who's online, jump in if you want, is do you think it will de- take away any of the drama of a season where you do have a situation like maybe, say, an Alabama and a Georgia are kind of one and two in the country and if one wins the conference they you know will go they're in line to get to the college football playoff if there's only four teams but in this new scenario there's no drama because they're both going to be able to make the playoff because there's 12 teams they're going to they're going to get a bid yeah does it take some of the drama away of the regular season i don't know i wouldn't even say there's really like a level of drama there because you know Every year, it's going to be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then the fourth team of either like Notre Dame, Georgia, or Oklahoma. So you already <laughs> know the contestants before the season even starts. Pretty much true. Yeah. Well, but and I think I think I think it gives people an opportunity. I think it works in two different ways. I think teams like the aforementioned you know, Central Florida or like a Cincinnati or something like that, they can have a beer where they have an out of this world season, and when there's twelve or sixteen teams or spots available, they're going to make it. Uh, but it yeah. also gives teams like Missouri or Florida, you know, who are, have, you know, some really good seasons, but maybe are just outside of that 
Georgia, Alabama range, they still, again, have that opportunity. So I think big programs will love it because they'll get to add banners to their walls. And I think little programs would love it because more spots just means more opportunity. I think that's probably true. And I think Connor's right. There really are only a handful, like maybe six teams up in that sort of highest echelon. And then you've got a lot of teams, not even Missouri's. Or, you know, I'm thinking about teams like Michigan and Tennessee or Nebraska who have had their day in the sun, but for one reason or another can't get back there and haven't been able to break into that like top six team. They'll have a lot easier path to do it now you know or even like a wisconsin who i look at as the big 10 sort of missouri where they can jump up and bite you and i've had some huge wins and some huge seasons but can also have a absolute fucking stinker of a year they're, they're all in the hunt now you know connor's right those those teams are always going to be floating around in the, the playoff but what i love about this scenario too is it gives an opportunity for a team like missouri what, what if missouri went in there and and had a game where they just took somebody apart that they weren't supposed to i mean forget mizzou just any program that's sort of you know you're the you were the ninth seed you got through the first round and now you got to tangle with ohio state nobody's giving you a chance but you kick a hole in ohio state i mean that would be the that's the reason that's the that's the kind of drama that that fuels the ncaa tournament that's right that's the one thing that tournaments provide that the current system and college football doesn't have it's upsets even when a team who's not supposed to be, you know, who's not favored in the four-team bracket wins, it's not really an upset. You're one of the yeah, four best teams. When Clemson beats Alabama, they're still Clemson. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If Wisconsin beats Ohio State or or something like that, that's a bigger deal. I think that's amazing for the viewers because, you know, March Madness is so big because no one really gives a shit about who wins the championship. They just want their, like, Oral Roberts, like, uh, amazing little stories. You know, America oh. just loves those little stories. And America yeah, they want Loyola at none. Yeah, so just combine the two, give us Coastal Carolina beating the shit out of Clemson once a year in the playoffs. And everyone would love it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That would be great. I mean, and it, it is a no-brainer. I think for anybody who watches sports or watches college football, they think this is a great idea. So who who doesn't think it's a great idea? Yeah, what evil monster is it? Well, and that, I'll tell you who. The people who are making money under the current system and who are afraid that for some reason they might going to make less money. I don't know what their fear is. but Well, I think they say that anti-change, the anti-change Nick, as you said. I think even those guys are fewer and farther between and the fact that it's even being discussed now and possibly going to be implemented shows you that there's not many of those folks left i just i think the main people against this are just notre dame alumni and that's about it i honestly (laughs) wonder how long notre dame can stay relevant but they continue to i mean cowboys of college football no i agree with that but they're they're even though they are uh, perennially shitting the bed they still win a lot of football games, and they still have played competitive football against some of the best teams in the country. What I'm saying is, is when do they become the current Nebraska iteration? You know, like how are they, they doing recruits? Conference. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're right. Connor's right. It's the fact that they have maintained neutral or independence and haven't been yeah. been forced to join a conference that bails them out. You know, could you imagine them in the SEC? Like, they won it last a season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd li- I would like to see him the SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me, Colin. Uh, I think at one point I gave you one of those commemorative Mizzou schedule glasses, those tumblers. I did, I, yeah. I've got a bunch of those, and you look at some of those seasons, the schedules that Mizzou had, like in the 60s and 70s. 
oh my god they were like let's start the season with alabama then it's michigan next week's Bolton <laughs> notre dame like they had some absolute fucking monster seasons or schedules and uh you know the years that maybe mizzou wasn't so great it was you have to wonder, like, goddamn, they were going up against, like, yeah, were they heavy? Were they were they really that bad, or were they just playing a fucking buzzsaw of a season? Well, keep in mind, they always got to play Iowa State every year too, so it wasn't like the sure. worst schedules in the world. But like, they didn't fuck around when they're non cons back in the day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's the way college football should go now too. I think I think they should get rid of the cupcake. Uh, I think they should just cross. I mean, again, I just think the NFL makes so much money and is so entertaining it's the king of all sports and that's what the nfl does i mean there's no they everybody's a professional football team you know play a division one power five school every week you know and let the chips fall where they may and if everybody's doing it it's still fair anything that gets us closer to that is great by me i think this playoff opens the doors for oh by the way andrew says uh, that notre dame also gets all that nbc money which keeps that is true they got their own exclusive television contract the uh, playoff system is so many advantages and it has the makings of making way more money than they were making before. So, you know, I'm glad to see that the bars are falling off and it's actually going to happen maybe within the next, hopefully three, three years. Cause I know that the, that this year and next are, are locked in with a 14 playoff system. I don't think I'm sorry. Can you hear those freaking birds? <laughs> no, not did earlier, but not now. I'm like, it, just my luck. I'm outside recording a podcast and a bunch of sparrows are chasing a hawk screaming in their top of their lungs. Like what the, how, what the fuck? Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail the show. I'm just like, I'm like, what are the odds? I, go, I feel like an owl's going to ran on my fucking shoulder, start hooting to the fucking phone. If, for those of you who don't know, Colin is a, as an avid member of the Audubon society. And, <laughs> yeah. If you give yeah. him half a second to talk about birds and bird watching, yeah, well, he's going to do it. I've got some strange peccadillos. It's uh, there's uh, <laughs> binoculars and uh, and uh, and a lot of KY jelly involved in my bird watching. Well, we'll not get into it. <laughs> no, it gets no, gross. We won't. I told you, not, we're not talking about that, Colin. How many <laughs> we'll times? Save that for Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, I was going to close out the show, Colin, with a topic that that was I was saving last week. Jeremy Macklin and Gary Pinkle have been added to the ballot for the 2022 induction class for the College Football Hall of Fame. A, what do you think of that? And B, should it be on the ballot? And C, do you think they have a chance? Uh, oh. Pinkle had a lot of wins, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of longevity. It's harder for me to. Say Macklin, because Macklin was a good college football player, a really good, mm-hmm. but he went, he left early and his stats are not something that stand out on a college basis. Yeah. And I you know assume, I mean? like, yeah, I assume like wide receivers who have been as good as Jeremy Macklin and better. No, I, I assume like you that only their college numbers and stuff are, are what are being considered for the college football hall of fame. I mean, he was NFL worthy, but that's I, what I, mean, but I, like, I just feel like the NFL. When you're in any Hall of Fame, you're talking about the best of the very best. And, it, I mean, if that's what it takes, you know, to be the one. And I just don't know that Jeremy Macklin was one of the best of the very best at wide receiver in college. And I love Jeremy Macklin. No, I know. I, I, um, I'm i looking at the other people who were named as candidates this year. And it was former Miami coach Larry Coker, Troy coach Larry Blakeney, former Memphis coach Billy Jack Murphy. And uh, it says of the candidates on the ballot – Pinkle has the most career victories at 191. So, I mean, I think he definitely deserves to be in the conversation if those are the folks he's in competition with. If he's got the most wins, but I, I don't, is 191 wins 
playoff? That's why I don't know if I feel comfortable really ask answering this question. I mean, like, is 191 wins enough? Well, to be eligible for the Hall of Fame, it says coaching candidates. First of all, they have to be 75 years old if still active or retired uh, for f- three full seasons. And then it says they have to have been a coach for a minimum of 10 years and it had to be coached for at least 100 games and have at least a 600 career winning percentage. So um, the minimum for even getting in would be, I guess, 60 wins, really. Mm-hmm. To, if you so, And he's at 191. So if that's... If the bar for getting in the Hall of Fame is basically 100 games and he's got 191 wins, not games, I think that he may not be in the top 10 of all-time coaches, but that's a notable achievement, you know? Well, and like I said, it's easier for me to believe that Pinkle, simply because of his longevity, it would be a, a safer bet as a candidate than Jeremy Macklin. Yeah. Don't you think there's a lot of people listening now thinking, why don't those just idiots look up what is the top wins of all college football coaches so they'd have some fucking sense of how many wins 191 is you know uh, well, that's you connor's people... job he's just falling down on the job sorry <laughs> yeah, why isn't connor giving us on the on the second <laughs> statistics <laughs> anyway i'm sure it's bear bryant and sundry others right and you're probably yeah, 500 sure. anyway yeah well, I uh, mean, save has got to be up there jesus christ he coached at lsu and 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 now alabama well he's st- he's not 75 and he's still coaching so he's no, not well i'm saying LSU. as far as like wins go though i'd love to, oh I mean, yeah he's probably you say like bear bryant i mean like god saban's got to be up there jesus i mean he wins 12 games a fucking year every year Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I think he's going to be – could be – I don't know. He, he's not going to be number one, but he'll be – I think he's already passed Bear Bryant, hasn't he? Fuck if I know. And I won't look it up. I refuse to. <laughs> That's the kind of analysis you're going to get here. On That's right. Podcast. You're going to get a shot from the hip. Yeah. <laughs> well, Connor. Macklin was a first-team All-American, so, I mean, that puts you in a – It's. Uh, I think you probably have to at least be that to be in the College Hall of Fame, right? He is a two-time All-Big 12 selection. Um, I wonder if the sentimentality about coming back from that knee injury plays a factor in his candidacy for uh, the College Football Hall of Fame, Colin. I don't know. I mean, do the people that vote on this even remember that? Well, I mean, obviously, they're the only people that are looking at his fucking I mean, Dave Matter will remember. Well, he's probably got a vote, but yeah. But I was going to say the the only people in the world who do remember that stuff are the ones who are picking. You know what I mean? Sports writers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I got the thing. Okay, right, here we go to the top coaching wins of all time. Uh, number one is Joe Paterno with four hundred and nine, which doesn't shock me. Yeah, uh, but pedophile yeah. enabler. Go on. Saban is sixth with 261, though I assume he's going to continue to climb. Wow, that's a big uh, gap between one and two. Yeah. Or no, Saban's Paterno was really six. old. Uh, Saban's six. behind uh, Bobby Bowden, Bear Bryant, Pop Warner, and I don't know who the fifth guy is. Amos Alonzo Stag. That's like some. Hey, Brendan, that's crazy. Do you know there's a foot like a youth football league named Pop Warner? What are the odds? Yeah! Wow! What a coincidence! And the, and the guy with that name actually also played football. What that's the, crazy! That's the, that is crazy. A, that's one of those things, you know. You talking about great Mac in the sky, Brennan? It's all weird. <laughs> yeah, he says Pinkle at twenty-one. Okay, so yeah. top twenty-five yeah, all-time go. coaches. Top twenty. Yeah, he's in. He's in, baby. Yeah, put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's but that's still a longevity-based stat. So sure. I don't know how, but you don't get to keep coaching if you're bad at it. That's right. Yes, keeping a job is part of the th- the magic of being a coach. A good one. Yep. Yeah. You know, good for Pinkle. And I'm, I I guess the Saban has not yet passed Bear Bryant. Yeah. Thank you for those stats, youth consultant Connor. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Johnny on the spot, ombudsman. Yeah, so Macklin's stats, Colin, I was just going over um, with you. He also returned five kickoffs and punts for touchdowns, which I think that's uh, one of the most exciting plays in football. I don't know. I don't know what the bar is for uh, you know the player level either. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't feel comfortable uh, saying that. I just – I just think about Macklin as a player and think, in the grand scheme of things, he was a terrific quarter, wide receiver. But, I mean, like, I feel like there's a guy that's as good as Macklin and, and maybe a couple guys as good as Macklin every year in college football. You know, yeah. people, like, not that many. He's top 25 ever. Like, you know, Jeremy Macklin is a good wide receiver, but, you know, Jalen Waddle, you know, for instance, last year. You know, he, like every Well, year I mean, I assume be. he's going to be in it, right, Colin? I mean, they're going to have a, con- um, a candidate, and they're going to have a class every year. So, that, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Top- like, every year there's a, two or three guys probably that are at least that good. Yeah. You know, so. Well, who knows? On the coaching front, I did see that um, last year there was only one coach who was actually named into the Hall of Fame, and it was mm-hmm. Bob Stoops. So, is Pinkle – a Bob Stoops caliber court. I mean, obviously, you know, Stoops has won a national championship. Um, he's ahead or, of him. He's who Pinkle is. Yeah, Bob Stoops is at one ninety. Pinkle's at one ninety one. Well, wow. I think nice. I think there's a couple of those title games are bigger wins, though, when it comes to the picking. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I think Pinkle can take some solace in not being a completely morally bankrupt piece of shit like Bob yeah. Stoops is. <laughs> That's true. So the only coach with more career wins than Gary Pinkle, who is not already in the College Football Hall of Fame, is current coach of Alabama, Nick Saban, who's not mm-hmm. yet eligible. But with his six national title championship rings, I think he he might get in. He might sneak in. Well, apparently he plans on coaching forever. So Yeah. That's true, and he may live forever as long as he continues to drink the blood of infants. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what. The, oh boy, I think you're getting your QAnon conspiracy theories. He drinks the blood of unicorns, Brennan. Oh, okay, sorry, I do get them mixed up when I read about them for eighteen hours a day. In my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brennan, I tell you, I'm, we're going to have to have a talk about your eight chan time. I mean, it's getting a little overboard. <laughs> that's right well you know so when you sent me that when you sent me that that urgent text message earlier the other day and told me not to take the vaccine for because you were afraid a magnet might stick to my forehead i was i was like man i'm gonna talk to brennan were you able to get it off is it still stuck there <laughs> well <laughs> we'll get into it later brennan i don't want to go into this on the while people are around let's let's wrap the fucking show up hey thanks everybody for uh tuning in follow us on uh twitter you know what's the email address brennan Zodcast at gmail.com. Same one's been there you for, go. Uh, seven years now. Eight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, thanks for you guys for coming to the uh, live uh, show on in, on the uh, what just wonderful, wonderful locker room app. Can't say enough to <laughs> that locker room. Yeah, and I, the locker room, by the way, the locker room is going to change its name. This, um, it's getting re- Spotify's rebranding locker room. So you're going to see an app that you don't, I can't remember. I can't even remember what it's going to be called yet, but we're not even supposed to say it. Until yeah. it happens, but that's anyway, a shame. I like the locker room app. I like the little, I like the athletic sock logo. Well, it's gone forever, so forget about it. <laughs> I will. I guess I'll have to. <laughs> it's some sort of conspiracy. I'm going to talk to Q about it tonight. Yeah, I'll give you the password. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
Thanks for hanging in with us uh, for the middle of June uh, football show. But I'm hoping that there will be a few more announcements, including another cornerback from Tulsa coming to Mizzou shortly. So there may be more to talk about when we come back to you next week, next Monday, as we do every Monday at 8 p.m. on the now-known locker room app. Anyway, Colin, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. What the, how, what the fuck?